0: Hello and welcome to all the WrestleManias. This is Rich. I'm your host today and uh, thought we would give a little try for something different here. Uh, While Tim is out of town doing like real life stuff that if you haven't noticed Tim has a life and I do not because I have a child. Just kidding we just have different lives but Tim is out running the town and so that leaves me here to uh, talk to you this week. So you may have heard us uh, or read on our blog about some of our favorite wrestlers, um, such as The Rock, uh, Yokozuna, and Roman Reigns. And as as wrestling fans, I'm sure you guys are aware that they are all related. Uh, they are all part of the Anoai family, and somehow this one family has been Blessed with so much talent, and recently I decided to start following Rikishi on Facebook. Uh, Rikishi is one of the one of the members of that family. Uh, Rikishi is very active on Facebook and is hilarious and a great follow. So I would I would highly recommend following Rikishi. It's also fun to watch him because it's very clear that he runs his own social media account and he's commenting on his family members' posts and stuff like that. And he always it's always fun to see where he's at because um, he always checks in at whatever airport or whatever city or whatever restaurant he's at. Uh, it's very entertaining, a lot of fun to follow and play along with, especially if you don't get to go out as much. So let's let's take a look at the Anai family So some of the most famous members of the Anuai family include the Rock, Roman Reigns. The Usos, Yokozuna, Rikishi slash Fatu and Samu, the Head Shrinkers, Umaga, Rocky Johnson, and Afa and Sika, also known as the Wild Samoans. So we're going to start at the, at the beginning with the Anoai family. So way, way back, Amitoanai Anoai married Tovaletomanaya Amituanai, and almost all nine of their children became involved in professional wrestling in some way. Afa Anoa'i and Leate Anoa'i, aka Afa and Sika, uh, became the Wild Samoans, and that's where we're going to start today. So let's do a little profile of the Wild Samoans. The Wild Samoans, Afa and Sika, they began their wrestling careers in Canada, working for Stu Hart Stampede Wrestling in 1973. Uh, Eventually they moved to big time wrestling in Detroit, and also uh, touring around in various NWA territories. In 1979, they joined the WWF and they were managed by Lou Albano. And this is where they really built up their gimmick and their wild image. Captain Lou apparently was the only one that could ever understand what they were talking about. Uh, they would eat raw fish or bite, bite their opponents in the ring. And they would do other crazy things that were deemed primitive. Their first WWF match was against Tito Santana and Ivan Putski in January of 1980. In April of that year, they would have a rematch against uh, Tito and Ivan And they would win the tag team titles from them They would eventually lose the belts to Bob Backlund and Pedro Morales uh, But because of rules back then, uh, Bob Backlund was heavyweight champion He was not allowed to also be tag team champion uh, The titles were vacated and the Samoans would win them again By beating uh, Tony Guerrera and Rene Goulet But then they would lose them again uh, to... Uh, Garea, and his new tag partner, Rick Martell, also the biggest villain of this podcast. In 1981, Afa and Sika moved on to Mid-South Wrestling, and there they were managed by big cat Ernie Ladd. They had a hot feud with the Junkyard Dog, one of our favorites, and Dick Murdoch. After they turned on Ernie, they had their contract sold to Skandor Akbar. Uh, Ladd partnered with Iron Mike Sharp and beat the Samoans and forced them out of Mid-South. After leaving Mid-South, they would go to Georgia and beat the fabulous Freebirds to win the NWA Tag Championship. They returned to the WWF and reunited with Captain Lou. And that's when they beat uh, Chief Jay and Jules Strongbow uh, to become three-time WWF Tag Champions. They would eventually lose the titles to Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas. And around now, Afa's son Samula had joined the team as a backup and replacement for Sika when he was injured. Sika eventually had a singles run and was managed by Mr. Fuji, and Afa became manager of his son and his nephew in the tag team The Head Shrinkers. Now in the late 1970s, Afa opened the Wild Samoans Training Center, and this is one of the most prestigious and decorated wrestling schools in the world. Some of those that were trained at this school include Paul Orndorff, the Junkyard Dog, Luna Vachon, Michael P.S. Hayes, Yokozuna, Bam Bam Bigelow, Rikishi, Sherry Martel, Virgil, and Batista. And a lot of those people are, are favorites of mine and Tim's, um, especially Sherry Martel, Yokozuna, and Junkyard Dog. So it's really impressive that all these people were trained at the same place. So across all the promotions that they worked, they were 21-time tag champions. Afa's son, Samula Anoa'i, partnered with Solofa Fatu Jr., who is Elevera Anoa'i's son. And Elovera and Afa are brother and sister. And they, uh, he went by Fatu, and they formed the tag team, the Head Shrinkers. So the Head Shrinkers were originally known as the Samoan SWAT team. Uh, Fatu and Samu had worked separately uh, for Dino Bravo in his wrestling promotion that he ran in uh, Montreal. And when that went out of business, they went to the WWC in Puerto Rico and were packaged together there as the Samoan SWAT team. They were the first ever WWC Caribbean Tag Champions, but dropped the belts to Mark and Chris Youngblood before leaving. Their next stop was uh, Texas, and that's where they appeared in the WCCW, which was owned by the Von Erich family. Uh, their whole gimmick was that Buddy Roberts had brought them in to challenge uh, the dominant Von Erich family and Michael Hayes. There, they uh, actually beat Carey and Kevin Von Erich to win the WCCW Tag Championship in 1988. They also won the WCWA Texas Tag Belts, beating uh, John Tatum and Jimmy Jack Funk. In 1989, they uh, signed with Jim Crockett Promotions. And uh, were presented as Paul E. Dangerously's replacements for the original Midnight Express. Who were forced out in a uh, Leaf Town match at the chi Town Rumble, which we had just uh, talked about on this show. So then uh, Paul E. Uh, leaves Jim Crockett Promotions. And so Oliver Humperdink takes over their management position. And there they were joined by uh, the Samoan Savage, who was uh, uh, Fatu's real-life brother, uh, Samuel Fatu. Uh Samu eventually uh works uh, singles matches while Fatu and Samuel Fatu uh fought under the name the New Wild Samoans, referencing their uncle's original tag team. So the whole crew then left WCW, Jim Crocker Promotions, uh in nineteen ninety and they worked around the world in independent shows and such like that. Uh and they frequently tagged uh with their cousin Rodney on OI. I. We'll talk about Rodney in a little bit. In 1992, the Samoan SWAT team joined the WWF as the Head Shrinkers, and while they uh, debuted as the Samoans, originally they were quickly rebranded the Head Shrinkers, and they partnered up with Money, Inc. to help them beat the natural disasters, Earthquake and Typhoon, who we're big fans of here, um, and helped Money, Inc. win the tag championship. Eventually, they would also be managed by Captain Lou Albano and would defeat the Quebecers to win the tag championships. They would eventually drop the tag titles at a house show to Shawn Michaels and Diesel. After that, uh, Samu would leave and be replaced by Seone, aka the Barbarian. Uh, the team slowly fell from the spotlight and eventually was used to put over new teams. In 1995, Uh, Samu would return to the WWF with his cousin Matt Rosie Anawai, son of Sika, and be known as the Samoan Gangster Party. So combined, uh, through all their different runs, uh, the Samoan SWAT team slash head shrinkers had held six tag titles. So we'll backtrack a little bit, and I had mentioned that when they left WCW slash Jim Crockett Promotions, uh, they were partnering with their cousin Rodney and Rodney is the son of Afoa Anuai, who is the brother of Afa and Sika. Rodney was also signed to the WWF when Samu and Fatu were signed. Rodney was uh, repackaged as the great sumo Yokozuna. Uh, Yokozuna originally wrestled uh, as the name uh, Great Kokina in Japan, and also wrestled some in Mexico under that name. He did wrestle one match uh, with Jim Crockett Promotions, and he wrestled against Ron Simmons. Um, We're both big uh, fans of Ron Simmons, and I believe they even show this clip of this match on his uh, Broken Skull session with Stone Cold. His first big U.S. exposure came in the AWA as Coquina Maximus. He was given credit for breaking Greg Gagne's leg and ending his career in the AWA. After he signed with WWF, he worked one house show under the name Kokina, but then was quickly rebranded and repackaged. Early on, he was still billed from Samoa, but that quickly uh, changed to be billed from Japan, and he was managed by Mr. Fuji. Um, In 1993, he won the Royal Rumble, eliminating the Macho Man, and this put him on like a rocket to the main events. He was in the very first match on Monday Night Raw, where he defeated Coco Beware. He beat Bret Hart at WrestleMania 9 to become the world champ. He became champion in 173 days, which was the second fastest time uh, anyone uh, became WWF uh, heavyweight champion from their debut to winning the title. Um, At that time, the only person that did it faster was Ric Flair. Yoko Zuna is now still fourth on that list uh, behind Flair, Sheamus, and Brock Lesnar. Um, So those are some pretty impressive names. And... Puts him in very rare company and just gives you an idea of how good he was. Yokozuna would hold the belt from the 1993 King of the Ring to the 1994 WrestleMania 10. In that meantime, he had an epic feud with the Undertaker, beating him in a very memorable casket match. You may remember all the heels come running down and help Yokozuna trap the Undertaker in the casket. And then suddenly the Undertaker appears on the big screen and he talks about coming back and beating everybody and that this is the great resurrection or whatever and blah, 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 blah. And it's really great stuff. So after losing the belt back to Bret Hart at WrestleMania 10, uh, Yokozuna would then start partnering with Owen Hart, and he would win the tag team championship uh, from the Smoking Guns. Um, When him and Owen split, Yokozuna turned face and had some memorable feuds against uh, Big Bad Vader and Stone Cold Steve Austin, even. His face run was kind of weird, as uh, he had dumped Jim Cornette as... His representative, um, he suddenly talked directly to the audience and could speak English just fine. And Mr. Fuji would wave an American flag uh, when he would come down to the ring. During all that time, Yokozuna's weight is skyrocketing. He was given pretty much all of 1997 to try and lose some weight, having now peaked over 600 pounds. And it was so bad that he actually failed to pass the physical that was required by the New York State Athletic Commission at the time. He was uh, released by Vince McMahon in the May of 1998 uh, due to his weight. Uh, It is believed that McMahon had become spooked by the death of Brian Pillman after Brian had passed away from an undiagnosed heart issue. And Vince didn't want to have that liability. In 1998, he did appear in some indie shows, including here in Maryland at the Maryland Championship Wrestling, and he was last seen on television at the 1999 House of Heroes pay-per-view. At that time, he was reportedly 760 pounds and was aiming to be 900 pounds so that he could become known as the heaviest pro wrestler ever. Sadly, Rodney passed away on October twenty third, 2000 in Liverpool, England, uh, while on tour with All-Star Wrestling. Yokozuna was a favorite of mine. Um, I also have struggled with, with weight issues in the past and presently, and um, he was kind of a boost to my um, down uh, self-esteem at that age when I was around 13 or 14 just because I saw someone that was heavy and overweight but still athletic and could move and was respected so, Yokozuna meant a lot to me as as a wrestler and as kind of a bit of a role model. Um, so, Yokozuna was elected to the WWE Hall of Fame in 2012. Yokozuna was a uh, one-time UWA trios champ, two-time WWF champion, two-time WWF tag champion, and a Royal Rumble winner. And that's, that's quite impressive for actually what's really a, quite a short run. So we can't help but to sometimes think about if Yokozuna had been able to keep his weight somewhat under control, how long and devastating of a career he could have had in WWF. He could have been the top heel for a very long time. Let's backtrack a little bit and return to the head shrinkers. Uh, the head shrinkers were Samu and Fatu, and when Fatu decided to go solo, he was briefly repackaged as a mega-faced role model type, and it was called. He went was like this make a difference gimmick. It was kind of like an urban, urban youth role model type person. It didn't go well. It was not a good gimmick, and it was dropped after about a year. And in 1996, uh, he returned masked and silenced under the name the Sultan. Uh, the Sultan was managed by the Iron Sheik and Bob Backlund, and he challenged Rock for the Intercontinental Belt at WrestleMania 13. Um, you may remember that match because uh, eventually Rocky Johnson runs into the ring, and if you had, we had just watched the Young Rock uh, TV show on the Peacock, and. Suddenly, we're watching this event uh, for the blog, and there's Rocky Johnson, there's the Iron Sheik, and it's like, oh my god, it's like a reunion of the television show kind of happening. So in 1998, though, uh, he left WWF and went to train at Dory Funk's wrestling school, and he returned in late 1999 as Rikishi. Rikishi uh, also he wore a mawashi, just like Yokozuna had did, but he did not wear tights under it. Him and Vince McMahon were a bit upset that Yokozuna had been packaged with tights with the Mawashi just because uh, it kind of took away from the true sumo look that they were going for. And so Rikishi continued to wear the Mawashi in honor of Rodney and of the sumo tradition. Rikishi soon joined the duo of two cool Grandmaster Sekse and Scotty Too Hottie. And I just have to sidetrack that this was horrible time. Uh, to listen to Jim Ross and having to hear Jim Ross go sexy it was very awkward and uncomfortable and it was not not good um so he was a bit of the straight man to the light-hearted antics of too cool but eventually he would also join in the post-match dance party which was always always a hoot to see Rikishi has one of the most infamous signature moves in all the professional wrestling and it's called distinct face he would he would somehow trap his opponent into the corner, either pounding them down into the low, like with their face with their head resting on the second turnbuckle, and them sitting on the mat. And he would uh, hike up the the mawashi and plant their face deeply within his ass crack and shake his ass. There's no kayfabe about that. Your your nose is in someone's ass and you're gonna get pink eye that way. There's you just can't avoid it. So some of the highlights of Rikishi's WWF career include that he, he beat uh, Chris Benoit in 2000 to win the Intercontinental Championship. He would make it to the finals of the King of the Ring that year as well, uh, but would lose to Kurt Angle. And in a very memorable moment, Rikishi splashed Val Venus from the top of the cage at Fully Loaded, um, a la Jimmy Snuka. In late 2000, he would turn heel when it was revealed that he was the one who hit Stone Cold at the 1999 Survivor Series. He claimed he did it to help The Rock become a, a superstar. He claimed from Buddy Rogers The Hulk Hogan that it was always the Great White Hope in getting a push at the expense of the Samoan wrestlers like Peter Maivia, Jimmy Snuka, and Yokozuna. Rikishi would then eventually feud with The Rock and be in the mix for the WWF Championship uh, for quite a while. Uh, he would turn face by giving the stink face to both Stephanie and Vince McMahon, which is a, a classic moment. Rikishi would then uh, tag up with um, Rico, who was Silas stylist for Billy and Chuck, and they would win the tag championship. When Hulk Hogan returned to the WWF in 2002, he was Hulk Hogan's very first opponent. Uh, Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati would also partner up and win the tag team championship. After his release in 2004, Rikishi would do a brief stint in TNA, where he did uh, some work with AJ Styles, Christian Cage, LAX, and Christopher Daniels. Uh, in 2012, he did wrestle one match on Raw in memory of Yokozuna and his deceased brother, Umaga. After the match, he danced with his sons, Jimmy and Jay Uso, and he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2015. Over his uh active wrestling professional career he won 18 championships so before we talk about his sons the usos which is actually samoan for brother uso uh we should uh, talk about how the rock is related to the anoai family so the rock shares no dna with the anoai family but his grandfather peter maivia was what the Samoan culture considers a blood brother to Amituanai Anawai, who was the father of Afa and Sika, grandfather to Rodney and Matt Anawai. In Samoan culture, the blood brother is, a very, is very serious, and it makes you as close as biological family. So Peter Maivia is the father of Atta Maivia, who married Wayne Douglas Bowles, who later changed his name to Rocky Johnson. Rocky and Atta gave birth to The Rock, a.k.a. Dwayne Johnson. Now, we don't need to go into the whole, like, Rocky Maivia and the Nation of Domination and stuff. Like, we know The Rock. Everybody knows The Rock's wrestling past. So, The Rock won 19 titles, though, between his time in the WWE and the USWA. And Rocky Johnson held 44 championships during his career, and Peter Maivia held 18 championships. And, uh, both Rocky Johnson and Peter Maivia were inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2008. So now we can backtrack a little bit more again. We're going to go back to Sika, uh, one of the original Wild Samoans. And his son is probably the most famous and well-known professional wrestler nowadays. And could you could argue that he is the most successful of the Anoa'i family wrestlers at this point. And that's going to be Roman Reigns. Uh, Roman Reigns was born Leati Joseph Anoa'i, and he actually played pro football in the NFL and the CFL before he signed with the WWE. He originally was in developmental uh, Florida Championship Wrestling under the name Roman Leaki, or Lakey, Leaki maybe. He rose to prominence in the stable the Shield with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. Uh, he won the 2015 Royal Rumble. And in 2018, he announced that his leukemia, which had been in remission for 11 years, had come back. Uh, but in 2019, he came back from uh, claiming that the leukemia had gone back into remission. Some people out there were skeptical and believed that the whole thing was a work and stuff. But it's hard to believe that anybody would joke about cancer like that. Uh, Since he came back, he's pretty much been a badass ever since. And now he's aligned himself with his cousins, the Usos. And to date, he's uh, held nine championships in WWE and has won a Royal Rumble. So as for his cousins, uh, Jimmy and Jay Uso, uh, their real names are Jonathan and Joshua Fatu. They are the sons of Salofa Fatu Jr., also known as Rikishi. Uh, They're the current SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Uh, They spent a year in 2009 in Florida Championship Wrestling uh, developing their skills. They debuted on Raw in 2010. And much of their early career was actually uh, spent feuding with other next-generation talent, such as Mike Rotunda's Two Sons, Bo and Duke... Uh, Brett DiBiase, who's Ted DiBiase's, uh, son, uh, Joseph Henning, who's Mr. Perfect's son and the Hart Dynasty and Randy Orton. Their other brother, Joseph, is actually on NXT as well under the name Solo Sikoa. They are nine-time tag champions between the FCW, Raw, and SmackDown. The Anoa'i family has been a dominant force in the world of professional wrestling, holding over 100 titles during a dynasty that has so far spanned over 50 years. And that tradition is still going, and not just with the Usos, but the son of Samu, Lance Enoai, is also active in the independence. The Enoai dynasty has been dominant in the independence, the territories under the NWA, and in the WWF, and now the WWE. The family has produced one of our favorite big men, Yokozuna two of the most charismatic characters in modern wrestling with The Rock and Rikishi, and produced three of the best tag teams in wrestling history. The world of professional wrestling is lucky to have the NOI family, and I hope everyone appreciates what dedication, love, and talent they have provided us fans. This episode is in honor of those members of that family that have gone too soon, including Peter Maivia, Rocky Johnson, Leah Maivia, Rodney Yokozuna Anoa'i and Matthew Rosie Anoa'i. That's going to be everything, so thank you for listening to a special All the WrestleManias breakdown of the Anoa'i dynasty. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram, All the WrestleManias. On Twitter, we're at WrestleManiapod. For old episodes and bonus material, be sure to check out our website, www.alltherestlemanias.com. Until next time, I'm Rich Sigwald. Thanks for listening.